Hey there, and welcome to your weekly episode of I Didn't Sign Up For This with Allison Casanova and myself, Jade Shaw. We are both licensed marriage and family therapists here in the Bay Area of California. Whether you're a practitioner yourself or just interested in topics around mental health and therapy, join us here for some real and honest conversations. Please note that this podcast is not a replacement for therapy or medical advice. Any questions about your specific situation should be directed to your own therapist or primary care physician. Thank you for listening. Welcome back, everybody. We are on episode eight of the I Didn't Sign Up For This podcast. We hope you had a wonderful and safe new year. So happy 2019 to everybody. Today, we are talking about the real non-financial cost of living in the Bay Area. And we chose this topic because we just feel like it's such a relevant thing to talk about in this area. I think a lot of people are experiencing the stress that comes along with living in a financially difficult place to live. This is a topic that I am very intrigued by and very passionate about because I see the effects all over the place. So let's jump in and start talking about it. To start off, one of the things that I see most is the depression and the anxiety that people are experiencing by living here. So obviously the cost of living here is really high and I have talked to clients, I've talked to friends, I've talked to family who are just so chronically stressed trying to make ends meet and trying to afford the housing in this area. And we'll get into more of the specifics as we talk throughout this podcast, but um, a lot of the sort of side effects of the financial difficulty of living here is that people are getting depressed with their current situation and they're getting anxious trying to figure out how to afford living here. Yeah, I think one of the things that I most often see is being fearful of taking time off of work or mm-hmm. taking taking any vacation because they are not going to be able to afford um, the rent or afford the other kind of bills that they have on top of rent if they don't work. Yeah, exactly. And not only not taking vacation or time to enjoy life, but I was recently reading an article that was talking about how people aren't even taking time off work to get medical help. So they're not even seeing the doctor. This article was um, interviewing a couple doctors who have mobile clinics and they go and they see people who can't afford a doctor or for whatever reason aren't going to see a primary care physician. And these doctors are saying that people are working so hard and are also afraid to take that time off even to go see a doctor. And so they're seeing you know high rates of like hypertension and all kinds of medical issues related to the chronic stress that people are taking and just that fear of taking time off to get these things in order. Just to add to that too, not even taking time off to go to the doctor, but not not even taking time off to take care of yourself when you're sick. I think Mm -hmm. that's the other one I see a lot too, just people continuing to push through and go to school or go to work when they are sick. Because if I keep my kids 
home, then I'm going to have to stay home and I'm not going to be able to afford to take care of them. So I have to make sure that they go to school and then I have to go to work too. But then if you think about it, if you're doing those things when you are sick and you're not taking care of yourself, not only does it prolong your cold or sickness or whatever it is that you have, but it's making the quality of your work that much worse because you're not at your best and Mm -hmm. you're also spreading it. So then other people are going to get sick and then it's just going to add more stress in your office. Yeah, definitely. I think that there's, we've mentioned this in other podcasts, but there's definitely this mentality of like, go, go, go. And people feel guilty for taking time off. And, you know, in this situation, a lot of people just can't afford it. You know, if you're, like you said, if your kid is sick, you either miss that day of work or you're having to pay for somebody to take care of your kid while they're homesick. And a lot of people just can't afford that right now. The more that we're talking about the stress too of it, something else I think I'm also seeing is not being able to afford moving out of your parents' house. And Mm -hmm. so you're staying there and then you're ending up staying there maybe longer than you would like. And then it's causing an issue with your relationship with your parents. Yes. A lot of family conflict. People not only are stressed because they want to be moving out of their parents' house and gaining that independence, but the parents are stressed because their kids are 30, 40 years old and still needing to live at home because they just can't afford it. So one thing that I wanted to talk about, and I think it fits well here, is just the current cost of living in terms of housing that we are looking at right now. You know, just to give people some perspective. I think everybody knows that it's expensive, but for the sake of having some sort of current information for this podcast, I was looking at the Zillow website and they say that the median house price in San Jose is $939,980 and that the median rent price is $3,400. So just a little perspective, that's Upward of $3,000 that is just going to rent. And rent is supposed to be a third, right, of what your bills are. Yeah, something like that. supposed to be less less than half, definitely. Oh, yeah. So when it is three-fourths of your income or half of it, it does make it a little difficult for you to eat, save money, do the things that you want to do. The other thing too, I I was reading, I don't remember where I was reading it, but I was reading a little while ago that the, in the Bay Area, middle class is considered 200,000 for your income per household. I mean, that's that's kind of insane. That's 200,000 is middle class. That's just middle class now. Right. Yeah. I, that's unbelievable. So the last I heard was 160000 and I completely believe that it's closer to 200000 which is just insane to me. It's just so insane. I mean, when you think about the overall cost of living, you're not only having to pay, what, $3,000 for rent on average, but you're having to buy groceries, you're having to pay your utilities, you're having to spend money on gas to get to this job, any childcare or childcare related items that you're having to buy, health insurance. And then we're expected to save money so that we can eventually retire, which I don't know if you have anything else to say on that, but it just makes me think about how a lot of times I hear that people aren't able to retire because they A, can't afford it, or they're stuck in a job that they hate because they can't afford to leave it for a little while. 
I actually, there's a couple people that I have spoke to across like just the past couple years or so that I've come across that have said that they actually had to go back to work after they retired because Mm -hmm. they couldn't afford health insurance. And so in order to get it, they had to go back to work. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, it's crazy and it's sad. I mean, you work really hard and feel like retirement is kind of the reward that people are supposed to get for having worked hard and contributed to society. And not only are people working hard, but now they're currently stressed about this cost of living and stressed about not being able to retire. And then should they eventually get to retire, a lot of people are either having to go back to work or take smaller side jobs because the amount that they're getting for retirement just doesn't cut it anymore there is a meme (laughs) i always bring memes up there is a meme um, that i had seen a while ago and i think maybe it needs to be updated now but it had said when you're young so when you're a child you have your energy is up your time is up but your money is down and Uh then it said when you're an adult your money is up your energy is up but your time is down yeah. <laughs> and then it said as an as a an elderly person, your money is up, your time is up, but your energy is down. <laughs> or something like that. So it was kinda like yeah, so the middle was that the time was your was down and then the young was your money was down and then the elderly your energy was down. But it, it kinda almost seems like now that has to be changed. That meme is old because right. your your money isn't even up anymore <laughs> at that point. Right, yeah. I mean, frankly, this is just kind of a depressing topic, which, you know, you and I, Allison, talked about when we were talking about doing the episode on this, but there's no great solution, right? Like as a therapist, people come into my office and they talk about these stressors and it's hard because what do you do, you know? I mean, the the things, the solutions that people have come up with that are pretty common are not living alone, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? So finding if you are single and you're not married and you, you don't have children, then living with, um, living with roommates. And mm-hmm. actually I've seen people who do have families who have to rent their rooms out too. And then the other solution that I've seen people coming up with is moving out of the area. But I mm-hmm. think that that one, that one is hard because your whole, if your whole life is here and you're moving, it might be the right decision for some, for some of you, but it might not be for all of you. And I think that one's also hard because no matter where you go, even though it might be the cost of living might be lower, so are your wages, right? I think it's just Mm -hmm. across the board, things are way more expensive than they used to be and we're not getting paid as much. Yeah. I was looking at a graph and I will try and find it again so that I can link to it in the show notes, but it's showing how the cost of living is going up and relative to that, the amount that people are earning is going down. And there have been circumstances where people are earning more, but you know, it's been dipping. And only recently, I want to say in like 2011, did start to increase somewhat. But yeah, it's just such a discrepancy. I just, I think I know what graph you're talking about because I've seen it too. And there was like an article that went with it talking about how the cost of living is no longer matching the wages. Like it used to be both of them were going up and now it's like one is kind of topping off and the other one is still increasing. Yeah, yeah, which is crazy. So 
I mean, that obviously is going to bring up a lot of stress for people. And I, I think that most people know now the toll that stress takes on your body. I mean, stress is so hard on your body physically and mentally. You know, I talk to my clients all the time about how, yeah, you're stressed one day, but living here, you're basically chronically stressed. And that often turns into depression. It turns into anxiety. It turns into, like you mentioned, hardships on families. It's it's really hard to have positive relationships, I think, when you're stressed about how you're going to afford rent or your mortgage. And while it may be harder here than it is in other states, that it it seems as though maybe the cost of living has caught up across the board to how much most people are getting paid. So if you look at it in that way, there really is no escape. And that's, that's the hard part. So it's not about finding a solution to fix it. It's about figuring out how to make it work for you. So Mm -hmm. it's not so overwhelming and you're not living in that stress every single day. Stress is good. It has a purpose, right? It helps motivate you. Mm -hmm. But if you have too much of it, you can't function. Yeah, absolutely. Too much of it and your body is on overdrive and it definitely has a big toll. One of the things that I was reading in the article that we will link to is this doctor is talking about how 30-year-olds basically have the bodies and health of what you would expect to see in a 50-year-old because the stress is just so high and it's you know, really taking its toll. And they're seeing not only high stress and anxiety, but they're seeing physical symptoms of of it, like rashes or irritable bowel syndrome or high blood pressure, cholesterol problems. So... I think it's hard because even though our society has evolved into what it is today, our bodies and our brains haven't necessarily (laughs) evolved quite at the same pace. So we're still working with what we had before. And I think that the stress that we have nowadays, our body and our brain, it, it hasn't necessarily adapted to it yet. So it's still reacting the way that it would have back in the day, right? So I mean, like, even though it might not be a dangerous situation, our our brains don't necessarily always understand the difference. So your your brain has this built-in system to take care of you when you're in a dangerous situation and you have that stress, and it's working that way now when you're not in a dangerous situation because the stress is so high. Yeah, that's a vicious cycle. <laughs> The look on your face right now when I said that. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I just really feel for people, you know, it's tough out there. And I also I want to talk too about, you know, we've mentioned how this affects families and how it can make it hard to have good, solid relationships with family when you're either at an age where you're ready to move out or your parents are frustrated that you're not moved out yet. But also, too, I think it has a big effect on parents who both need to be at work in order to afford living here and what that means for kids who are of younger age and might otherwise have one parent at home. Well, if you look at back in the back in the day, I'm trying to think about back in the day. I mean, like it was right. Just men went to work and the women stayed at home. And then I think if you look at now, I mean, mouths would have been dropping seeing the necessity (laughs) of both people needing, needing to work. And I think, I think too, not even 
well, maybe not before, but now I think there are even men who would like to stay home and take mm-hmm. care of the kids. It's not just a woman, but it's, it's not possible in all situations because you need to work. And then I think the hard part is you have to look at how much childcare is. So does it really, is it really more cost effective for us to both be at work while we pay somebody to be at home with our child? Or is it more cost effective for one of us to go to work and the other one to stay home with the child? Yeah, I mean, everybody does have different sort of ideal scenarios, but I think you're right on that. Sometimes, you know, in some circumstances, the men do want to stay at home and it's just not a possibility financially. Um, And some women prefer to go to work, you know, not all women want to stay home and take care of the kids. But I think the main point here is that it would be nice if people could have the option to choose Mm -hmm. what was ideal and healthy for their family and their independent needs, you know. But it doesn't it doesn't seem to be working out that way. Yeah. And also not only what this means for the parents, but what this means for the kids, you know, are they having to get themselves home from school? Are they having to take care of themselves? I've heard of families who, you know, the older siblings have to take care of the younger siblings because the parents have to work. Um, And just sort of the shifts in family structure and the stress that that puts on the family, I think is something that gets overlooked. You know, a lot of times we talk about how hard it is to afford to live in this area. And like you said, other areas, but we kind of gloss over what that really means, you know, how it's really affecting people on a day-to-day and over time. Like, it's not just about it's not just about the stress, but what that stress means and what that stress does. Well, yeah, and I think if you look at, you know, zero to five, right, that those are such important years. And mm-hmm. if they're not getting all of what they're needing because maybe both of their parents need to be working and there isn't as much time at home with them. I think that does make it a lot harder on development. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. I know a lot of parents who do a really wonderful job working and taking care of their families, but how hard it must be to have that stress and still need to, to be present and available to give that to your kids. You know, I saw a post, I don't know, the other week, and somebody's basically saying people expect parents to go to work and be really successful at their jobs, and they also expect them to come home and be really successful parents. And so it's just... The standard is high. That's another thing I hear a lot too. I hear people who want to start a family, but they're scared too because mm-hmm. they see how much they're at work and they don't know necessarily if they're going to be able to have the energy that they need mm-hmm. when they're coming home with their children. And it's it's hard. I think you're, you adapt and you make it work, but I think the cost sometimes to make it work is what the scary part is. And I think, unfortunately, the first thing that goes is, that self-care and what it is that you need, mm-hmm. which yeah. kind of just perpetuates the stress further. Yeah, right? It's a horrible cycle. Yeah, horrible cycle. My gosh. I mean, and yeah, that brings up a whole issue of like being able to afford healthcare too. But kind of on that note, I am slightly heavier on the statistics this episode because some people that I've talked to were interested in that. And so I want to provide that. But I was doing a little bit of research before this episode and found that between 2012 and 2014, 
Alameda County residents who spent 35% of their income on rent were twice as likely to be hospitalized for hypertension or mental illness when compared to residents who spent 25% of their income on rent. Um, and so just as a sort of reference point, 41% of Californians spent 30% or more of their takeaway home on housing. So if you're thinking that 41% of Californians are spending that much on housing and how much that increases their risk of being hospitalized. And then I think to myself, okay, so now you're hospitalized and you've got medical bills to pay for and you're not going to work at that time. How much further that increases your level of stress, right? I was looking at something else that was somebody had posted something about their bill after being hospitalized for Mm -hmm. a suicide attempt. And this is why people aren't talking about their stress. This is why people aren't talking about their depression because, you know, a lot of people, their experience is that it's expensive and then they have to take care of that. And sad enough, I've, I've also heard one of the reasons people don't want to go to the hospital and one of their motivators for not committing suicide is because they don't want to end up in the hospital and end up with that bill. Yeah. Isn't that just awful? I mean, of course, on one side, I'm glad that they're not committing suicide, but just that additional stress that they're factoring in, you know, that that is their fear. In a perfect world, I would like the reason for somebody to not want to commit suicide is because they're happy and they right. have things that they want to live for, right? Not the fear of, of being stuck with this huge bill. I think that that's the sad part because it just, it makes that sadness and that stress, I think, run deeper than it needs to run. Yeah, yeah. Just kind of a terrifying reality, I, I guess. Which causes so many other issues. But I also think, so not only is it causing physical and emotional side effects because of the stress, but it's also causing issues in people's relationships. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, huge. Yeah. Not only like we talked about earlier that how the stress affects the way that you interact and your frustration tolerance, but the time that you're able to put into that or the time that you're spending at work versus spending at home. I don't know if you have other examples. I was talking to somebody a little while ago and they, I think this is something that I've heard before too were telling me, you know, they hold it together and then as soon as there is like a break, that's when they get sick. Yes. And it's it makes me it makes me kinda sad because if you think about it, that break is meant for you to have fun and enjoy yourself. But instead it's your body is like, finally I could just get sick because right. it's so busy. Right. And so then you're you're forced to sit there and take care of yourself in a way that you weren't able to before, but now you're not refreshed, right? So now you're going back into your work with just as much stress because you didn't really get to relax. So how to balance all of that? How can you do your personal stuff and do your work stuff and then also still have time to just sit and not do anything? I mean, like we were saying in the last episode, right? Like, yeah, you have your errands, your dishes are still going to be there though. So unless you really, really need those dishes so that you could do something with them, like maybe you totally run out and you don't have anything to eat on. Right. If you're really overwhelmed, it's okay to just sit down and watch a movie and do them later. There has to be a balance. And then you have to think, too, like, if you have kids, what are you 
teaching them when you're doing that too because that's they're learning how to do how to be in the world and how to take care of themselves from what they're seeing so if anything you know taking a moment so that you can show them how to take care of themselves too sometimes that's the motivator for people and what solution might work for some person might not work for the next person so it's not about one easy fix right like I know in some of these podcasts me and Jade can kind of give you some tips on you know what to to do that would make the situation better for you but I think in this particular with this particular topic everybody's situation is just so different that you know you you can't just give this generic fix every everybody is gonna need to come up with a solution that's gonna work for them because it might not work for somebody else right yeah yeah Absolutely. One of the things that I've seen is people who would be happier pursuing a different career, but can't afford that career while living here, right? So they have an interest, but they either feel like, A, I can't take the time off to explore my options or to interview for another job, or B, my ideal job wouldn't pay enough for me to survive out here. Um, And so that's going to look a solution for that person is going to look very different probably than a solution for somebody who is struggling with how to have family life and work life or somebody who is looking at retirement or somebody who is homeless because they just can't afford they can't afford a house i've read about people who are living in their cars and going to work I'm glad you brought that up because I think a lot of times when people think homeless, they think, you know, somebody who's on the streets, who's maybe doing drugs and who is kind of just begging for money. But I think it's not that they're even just on the street and they're, you know, maybe maybe they have a mental health diagnosis or maybe they are using. A lot of it is I'm working. I just can't afford a house. So I have to have you know, like a PO box and a cell phone and then live in my car. And I think that that is really hard because I don't think that that's the typical idea that someone sees when they think about somebody who is homeless. Mm-hmm. But it's it's become a reality in the Bay Area. Yeah. You know, it was interesting to me looking through these different housing prices and the average cost of housing. And when we talk about houses being a million dollars, it's like that it almost doesn't phase people anymore because we're just so mm-hmm. used to hearing that number being so high. But my gosh, when you slow down and think about it, houses that are teeny tiny for over a million dollars, it blows my mind. It, it, maybe, it maybe isn't big for us, but I was talking to a relative that lives out of state and they were telling me that they just bought like this house for like 400 thousand dollars and I was like oh that's cheap (laughs) right yeah we're more blown away by the lower cost houses now than we are by the higher cost houses (laughs) but that's just become how it is because of how expensive it is I mean it's a lot of people are in this area it's in high demand so it kind of blows us away to see the lower end just like it blows people away to see the higher end who who aren't from here Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely you know again I think this is probably one of the more depressing topics that we've talked about, but I just think it's so important for people to be thinking about how this stress is affecting you and the community around you. And 
all the different ways that, you know, it's affecting your life. And just to be at the very least aware that, you know, it's, it's possibly having an effect on you in many ways. I hear people coming to me saying, I can't sleep or I'm easily agitated and they don't know why because this is kind of the norm, right? And I think too, just to recognize that if you're not necessarily happy and you are wanting to change something, but you don't feel like you can, there are solutions. You just have to, to maybe think outside of the box. Maybe it's a really unconventional solution, but it'll, it'll give you what you're needing. And you can, I mean, this is a good time to try and get some support from a therapist. And I realize that's ironic considering that, you know, (laughs) we're talking about the cost (laughs) of living and not being able to afford housing. So what makes you think you can afford a therapist, but there are lots of places out there that do offer a sliding scale and that do offer really low cost support. Mm -hmm. Um, and that might be an option to try and figure out a solution or, I mean, talking to a friend or a family member and kind of brainstorming and processing. There are ways to change things so that it is a little easier and more manageable. And I think sometimes we don't want to change because we don't like our options. Mm-hmm. But I think that there there are always options that are maybe better than other options that maybe you just don't see. Yeah, I am so glad that you said that because, again, you know, you probably can't lower your rent immediately or um, move out of the state tomorrow. But even if it's just recognizing that you're frustrated and you're irritable and sitting down with your partner, your roommate and saying, Hey, look, we've been arguing all the time over finances, or we've clearly both been stressed, but we probably have the same goal. Neither one of us want to be arguing. Neither one of us want to be in this financial hardship. So in that way, we're in it together or trying approaches like that. How can you make the situation feel better? Even if you can't change parts of it yeah sometimes it's sometimes it's not about fixing the issue it's about finding out how to manage it in Mm -hmm. a way that feels feels better to you so it's not affecting you quite so intensely and sometimes just knowing that you're not by yourself and someone else is in it with you and having them be there to listen to you that ear that shoulder sometimes that's that's all you really need while other times it may be a little bit more that you need maybe you really do need to change the situation it kind of just depends on who you are mm-hmm. yeah you know what types of things can you sacrifice right maybe uh, buying less material items in order to reduce the stress and and be able to afford your mortgage a little bit better and I think, too, it doesn't always have to be what you're thinking it is, right? So you could change maybe how your job is, but you could also change maybe what it looks like in your personal life, too, or the housing, or you know, maybe there needs to be a roommate, or maybe there's something you can cut costs on, or maybe you can, you know, I, someone was telling me that they started selling stuff on Etsy, and it was just something that they were doing as a hobby, they were making these things as a hobby because it was fun. But then someone had mentioned like, oh, you could probably sell that and get some money. So it was something fun that they were doing. And then they were just getting money on the side without without really any extra effort. So I think it, it sometimes it could be 
so easy and you don't really realize that it's a right there. <laughs> yeah, I love that one. It's like a self-care fun thing that also helps with the financial situation. So I think now let's jump into talking about our tip for the day. A little bit more of a positive note. Allison, do you want to go first? So my tip, you guys are going to laugh at me, but I'm being so serious right now. I think with this particular topic, um, something that I hear a lot, especially with people that work in the the tech industries is, you know, you're so busy and you're working so much that you forget to eat. Mm -hmm. So making sure you're not forgetting that part, (laughs) eat lunch, eat lunch, eat breakfast, eat when you're hungry. Don't work yourself so much that you're actually, you know, 20 hours into the day and you're like, maybe that's why I'm dizzy is I forgot to eat today. Mm -hmm. Don't do that to yourself. Don't, don't do that to yourself. (laughs) Yeah. Eat some food, drink a little water. I think that's a good way to tune into your body too, right? Because when we're so busy or we're so stressed, we tend to overlook those things and it's, we kind of feel like that's the least important thing that we need to get done on our to-do list. But giving yourself that nourishment is really going to fuel you for the remainder of the day and make it easier for your mind and your body to deal with those stressful situations or those other stressors that you have going on. If you need to set an alarm on your phone to remind you that it's lunchtime, do it. Yeah, seriously. I love that one. Eat, definitely. Mine is related, so my suggestion is going to be to not eat lunch at your desk or at the very least to not be working while you're eating to try and separate and give yourself that you know 20 or 30 minute break to just enjoy your food and nourish your body and give yourself that break away from work i like that because i think that's one we can all relate to eating at your desk right Mm-hmm. And even if it's just I'm taking 10 minutes to eat and I'm going to talk on the phone with somebody or I'm going to do something non-work related like look on YouTube, anything so that you're not pairing the two together, I think is going to help give you a little bit of extra mental health support. Yeah, definitely. The other day I went to a coffee shop that's pretty close to my house and I made it a point to sit down at the coffee shop and drink my coffee and eat my little pastry. And it really brought me back to how much I was neglecting being present while I eat. I think so often I do myself end up working while I'm eating and it's like, what did that food taste like? I hardly even realized it and how disconnected that makes me from my body and my experience. And so having that time to notice little things about the thing that I was eating, it just made it so much more enjoyable. And I just felt like my mind was so much more clear and I was so connected to my body and the experience of eating and it it just felt so nice. So I think that's a nice quick way that you can tune into yourself and tune out of work and give yourself that mental break for a little bit. And when you get that break, you actually perform way better at work. Yeah. So I I challenge you to try it and just see what it does for you because it's, it's one of those ones where it's easy to know the difference right away and it's not something you have to keep doing before you recognize that there's a difference. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, like you said, with the dishes still being there in the last episode, your work will probably still be there for you, which for some people that's the stressful thing, but 
if you find yourself eating lunch and saying, oh my gosh, I really need to be doing this, stop yourself. Just stop right there and say, that will still be there when I'm done eating my lunch. Right now I'm going to enjoy my lunch and I'll get to it in 10 minutes. But yeah, I, yeah, try it and see how it goes for you. If you absolutely hate it, then fine. Nobody is making you do it, I hope. But just... You'll be in a better mood. You'll be more prepared to be able to do what you need to do. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, really, if you think about it, we have taste buds for a reason. (laughs) So if you're just scarfing that stuff down and you're not even enjoying it, you are doing a disservice to your mouth. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And nobody wants that. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. All right. Well, I think that is all we have today. Is there anything else you want to add on? No, I think that's it. All right. Well, then on that note, happy 2019 again, and we will catch up with you all next week for episode nine.